negatively charged webs. Isn't that ionic? I'm Kevin Lason. My spider sense is tingling. I'm Gavin Pitts. Spider sex might start with romantic upside-down kissing, but it ends with bondage and fisting. I'm Joe Fulgen. This episode comes direct from the World Wide Web. I'm Torn Atkinson, and this is Caustic Soda. Spiders. This is part one of our two-part epic. 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 Two parts is epic, right? Mm-hmm. Mini-series on spiders. The long-awaited. With so, our special guest, Bert, Gavin Pitts, in the studio from Australia. Hello. Oh. <laughs> Spider comes from Proto-Germanic spenwo, which means to spin. Oh. So oh, there's so, a spinner. So spinner. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was because they have all those eyes. Spider. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> In Old English, the creature is identified as Lopi or Lobi, also Attercop. That's why they call Attercop in The Hobbit. And when they yell, you dirty Attercop. Yep. Also, Old English, Gangwifrey. Gangwifrey. Boo. Gangawifrey. Is that where gangrene comes from? A weaver as he goes is what that mm. word means. Well, I'm, I don't like that one at all. And Middle English had Ariani. A-R-A-I-N-E. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Arachnid. Arany. Arany. And of course, arachnophobia. As everyone knows, is the fear of spiders. Does anybody have arachnophilia? Well, in a mild capacity, perhaps. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, snapshot. Snapshot into Gavin. That, I think that's... Uh, Gavin's proclivities. I, I like them as friends. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, how they say <laughs> With no you're an X-file if you watch X-files. Uh-huh. X-File, P-H-I-L-E. I think most of those people would have sex they with, would have sex with Mulder, though. the television well, while it's, Mulder, while it's definitely. Yeah. Spiders are air-breathing arthropods that have eight legs and chelicery, 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 what he said, Yeah. <laughs> mouth parts with fangs that inject venom. Okay. They All the... spiders have fangs that inject venom. There's not a single spider out there that doesn't inject venom. Eh. Wait, don't. Oh, you spoiled the pop quiz, Kevin. Oh. Episode <laughs> over. Oh, oh don't, don't, don't. <sighs> yeah, there's apparently one species that we know of. Yep. Uroborids. Ouroborids. They're the largest order of arachnids and rank seventh in total species diversity among all other orders of organisms. There's a lot of them. Spiders are found worldwide on every continent except for Antarctica. Eh. Oh, what? Now there's Antarctic? Redback spiders are found in Antarctica because they smuggle themselves over in scientific equipment. So, okay. Ah, uh, right. But they're, they're not They're not native. found there naturally. Right. right. Okay. And if you open the door to the geodesic dome, they'll freeze. So they're only found inside a, yeah, inside a scientific climate-controlled right. environment. Yeah. Got right. It. So if you have arachnophobia, just move to Antarctica. But live outside, not in yes. inside <laughs> places where a redback spider That's might be. Right. <laughs> exactly, without heat. Just hang out with the bones of the 19th century explorers that were there before you. They have become established in nearly every habitat with the exceptions of air and sea colonization. There are some that live on the edge of the sea, but they don't actually live under it. Right. Wait, what's a sea spider then? Sea spiders live... They're, they're like crabs, I think. They're, like they? they're not actual spiders. They're not yeah. real spiders. They're, they're technically arachnids, but they're not true spiders. They're picnogonids. And those picnogonids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unlike insects, spiders do not have antenna. 
mm-hmm. unlike most arthropod spiders, have no extensor muscles in their limbs and instead extend them by hydraulic pressure. Yep. So uh, what do they got, uh, you know, uh, bladders and a little like dwarfy men kind of like pulling levers <laughs> and pushing pedals and whatnot? And how does this work? No, it's mostly little uh, spigots and hydraulics and uh, all sorts of sphincters and things that allow the fluid to go in and out uh, when they want it to so they can move with uh, the liquid. It's not actually water. It's hemolymph. Hemolymph. Uh, hemolymph sphincters. Mm. I love it. Most spiders detect prey mainly by sensing vibrations, but the active hunters have acute vision, yep. and some show signs of intelligence in their uh, choice of tactics and ability to develop new ones. So they only like they uh, they are somewhat attractive to everyone they looked at. Acute vision. Yeah. Acute vision. Yes. Most of the web building spiders have are almost blind. Like black widows do most things by feel. Right. Yeah. Mm. Whereas things like ogre face spiders have brilliant vision, better than ours. Yes, they actually replace their retinas once a night, so they keep their vision perfect. They replace their retinas? Yep. Where do they get these retinas from? (laughs) The retina store? (laughs) They They, kill other spiders and take them? They find them online with a retinal scanner. Mm Retina.com. Oh, all right. For all your cheap retina needs. Does it just, like, regenerate? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like a shark's teeth? Yep, overnight. Uh, I I don't think they'd get much wear and tear out of it overnight, but they keep it pristine by constantly regenerating their retinas. But that's a hunting spider. Yep. We're talking about web-building spiders in part one. Mm Mm-hmm. Spiders' guts are too narrow to take solids, and they liquefy their food by flooding it with digestive enzymes Mm -hmm. and grinding with the bases of their pedipalps, (laughs) as they do not have true jaws. Got it. Pedipalps. That's the one thing Charlotte's Web got right when she says, I don't eat my food, I drink them. Mm -hmm. Got it. That's Daddy the pops. one time I wasn't throwing things at the screen when I was watching that. <laughs> <laughs> Females weave silk egg cases, each of which may contain hundreds of eggs. Females of many species care for their young, for example, by carrying them around yep. or by sharing food with them. Mm-hmm. If you're an arachnophobe, that's like the worst spider you can see is a spider with milk. covered in hundreds of tiny spiders. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really cute. It shows they're really good mums. They're, they're very human in that respect. We carry our babies around like Bjorns and whatnot. Yeah, but not hundreds of them all at once. That's just Not a yet. that's just a matter of will. I mean, uh, <laughs> Octomom probably did. Yeah, she kept it balanced. That's with true. Front, foreign back. <laughs> Pop quiz. Okay. All right. Bullshit or not? <laughs> the average person swallows about eight spiders a year when sleeping. Um, I've I've totally heard this, but I think it's bullshit. Uh, the fact that this is a question and we've all heard this as like kind of an urban myth makes me think that it's bullshit. Just because you wouldn't have put it on there if it was true. According to Snopes.com, this myth was started when a columnist for a computer magazine wrote an article in 1993 about a list of outlandish facts, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. that were circulating via email in an effort to show that people will believe anything they read online. Uh The columnist (laughs) made up some of her own ridiculous facts, including the myth cited above. In reality, it's highly unlikely for a person to swallow even one live spider when sleeping. Unless they're in your cereal. Unless they're in your cereal. Mm -hmm. Well, you don't. Hopefully we, you're not eating. Oh, I go sleep disorders. Call back to the sleep disorders episode. <laughs> yeah, you could be eating cereal and sleeping at the same yeah, time. You just sleepwalk out into your garden, just wolf down as many spiders as you can. Wolf or down that, the wolf spiders. <laughs> or that now who's the wolf? <laughs> the new cereal that's coming out next month. Spiders. Yeah. Mm. Nice. I'm just imagining a spider uh, using its web to like prop your sleeping mouth open as its thousands of children crawl down the lines into your now gaping <laughs> mouth. Right. Ooh, or the um, those those funnel spiders that like you know build a trap if you if you like if you're a snorer an open mouth like gaping mouth. Oh, they snorer, just build their little, build their nest little, right little, little nest right in your mouth. <laughs> Kevin, bullshit or not, mm-hmm. people are never more than three feet away from a spider. 
Uh, I think that's got to be true. Uh, never. I don't think. I don't think never. I think you could definitely have some instances where you are. I mean, it's probably generally a true thing. There's, There's lots of spiders one right everywhere. Behind you, Joe. Uh, I'm going to say bullshit though, because because never is that's 100. percent That's no. Nah. There's going to be times when you're not. I'm going to say it's probably true because um, they're they're very common and they're all over the place. I know where the spider is. It's in Gavin's pockets. Oh, there's He's one walking right, around. There's one right there's there. There's one that I brought on the table right <laughs> yeah. here. So you are three feet away <laughs> from this framed bird eating spider. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, I, I'd agree. That it's probably generally true. But like Joe said, no, there are some circumstances where you wouldn't. I, I could go swimming in an Olympic-sized swimming pool. And yep. Right in the middle, there's no spiders near me. Or if you were swimming in the ocean, there yep. wouldn't mm-hmm. be any spiders. This myth originated in 1995 when arachnologist Norman Platnick wrote, Wherever you sit as you read these lines, a spider is probably no more than a few yards away. Hmm. With more than 35,000 described species of spiders worldwide and about 3,000 in North America alone, there may be some truth to this statement. However, many people argue that it depends where you are. Yeah. I agree. If you're walking through an average like you know, park or meadow, then you're surrounded by them. But um, if you're on the top of a skyscraper. Or in outer space. Maybe not. Maybe. There's probably some in there somewhere. Or if you're on the International Space Station. Or, oh, no, they have a spider experiment. That's so. true. Maybe. But if, you, if you're in not space. in that particular capsule. <laughs> that'd be a good thing. You'd be on the space station and you would know exactly how far away you are from the nearest spider because you know where that room is with the spider experiment. Some people might feel really good about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Joe, bullshit or not, all spiders spin webs. Uh, I know that all spiders can can create webbing. I don't think they all spin webs, though. So I'm going to say sort of bullshit. Yeah, I'm going to go the same thing because we've got an entire section of this miniseries called Hunting Spiders as opposed to web-building spiders. So I'm going with not true. All spiders do use silk, but they don't all use it to build webs. Bam. Some just use it to uh, build egg cases. Some use it to tether themselves to the ground so they don't blow away. Uh, some use it to line their burrows, but they don't necessarily all use it to b- catch prey. Some use them as little mini parachutes. Yep, ballooning, that's called. When you see this spider just like float by right in front of your eyes. Yeah. Was that close to being spidered? Spidered. Touched, yeah. touched by a tiny insect who touched could not by. even pierce your skin. Oh, oh no. Joe just called spiders insects. Yes, I'm oh, going God, you're right. Homicide time. <laughs> There's a knife on the table. It was an bar. That is the ultimate enrager for an entomologist. So you're saying that bugs you? <laughs> Joe, bullshit or not, some spiders vocalize or use sound to communicate. Ooh. Wow. Mm. I don't know the answer. I'm going to say there's probably some that do, but I, very rare. Well, every time I hang out with Joe, there's some barking spiders around. What? Farts? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You've never heard the term barking spiders no. in reference to farts? No, I haven't. That not. means something yeah. quite different where I come from. <laughs> a barking spider? What's a barking we spider? We do have barking spiders where I come from. They're like actual no, barking as spiders? As far as I know, no spider can vocalize. Uh, there are some that use sound, but they don't use it. They don't make it from their, you know, they don't have internal structures that can make noise. They, uh, the barking spider is Australian. It's also called the bird-eating spider, the whistling spider. They stridulate. Which, oh, is that rubbing your legs together? They rub their legs against their fangs and their pedipalps and cause a... It's a warning, like a rattlesnake. You know, right. So, mm-hmm. so if you get too close to them or they're annoyed, they'll stridulate. It's like a... Sss- 
Very much like a rattlesnake. Yeah. Also, some jumping spiders use complex multimodal signals during courtship displays with complex song and dance displays. The vibratory song of H. coacatus are complex, consisting of up to 15 elements organized in functional groupings or motifs mm-hmm. that change as courtship progresses. The, uh, temporal... So it's basically like a wolf whistle call? It's like, it's like a, a wolf spider whistle a call? musical composition. Oh. Very, very Beethoven. With um, jumping spiders, solstices, it's mostly visual signals because they're very good eyesight. And when they use uh, sound, it's vibration from drumming. So they use the, they bang on a surface. Right. They don't actually, you know, Make whistle sounds. or yeah. sing. <laughs> Bullshit or not, all spiders are carnivorous. That, that's got to be true. Where they're always catching things. You don't just catch leaves. You know, they don't just wander by and get caught in a web. Yeah. Are there, like, fruit-eating spiders? Uh, well, or solely I fruit-eating spiders? I, yeah, I can't see them being that, like, developed to, like, sneak up on a berry. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to say that they are. Mm-hmm. Although carnivorous, does drinking blood count as that? Do they have to eat? eat is this a trick question? Is is drinking blood not carnivorous? No, I would okay. say drinking blood is carnivorous. All right, then, uh, yeah, I, I think that they probably are. There is one oh, species, ow. one out of all the species of spiders known to science is largely vegetarian. Oh, largely? Yeah. Aha. But uh, most of that its That would diet, make it omnivorous. Oh, yeah, right. fair enough. Omnivore. 90% of its diet comes from seed pods from a particular type of acacia. It's a, it's a jumping spider, I think, and it's named after the Jungle Book because the guy was, uh, who named it was a mad keen yeah. Kipling fan. Bagheera Kiplingi. Yep. Kiplingi. That's the is one. the name of the spider. Oh, God. And, God, Rudyard Kipling must be just so thrilled to have yeah. a spider named after him. It does eat some insects, but most of its diet is acacia pods, uh, which it plucks off and uh, nibbles gently. And so it's a pacifist spider most of the time. Mm. Is Are these acacia pods the same thing as a fat, rich nub called a Beltian body? Yeah, that's it grows them all. They're meant to be for ants. Right. So possibly mm-hmm. it started off eating ants and then, you know, it accidentally... Wait, what are these ants eating? Yeah. <laughs> Why do these <laughs> ants good. all taste like this thing? Yeah. It's like I'll me- just eat this thing. It's like so me... It cut out the middle ant. <laughs> it's like me loving Indian food, even though some of that you is started vegetarian too. eating Indians. Yeah. And then he said, oh, I like the flavor. Oh, look at what these guys... Are. Yeah, no, there's a reason I like the flavor. Um, Joe. They're basically marinated. Yeah. How fast is the fastest spider? Uh, that would be the, uh, the flash spider. Mm-hmm. It's, ah. red. it's red. Instead of having an hourglass in its back, it's got a lightning bolt. Ah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it moves at a massive, uh, 10 miles. Well, do we mean extended periods like long distance or do we mean how fast it can jump from scurry. one place to another or a scurry? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. A run? Uh, a bolt? Uh, mm-hmm. 12 kilometers per hour it can go. How fast does a cheetah not, go? Not very fast. How fast does a cheetah go? Yeah, like 56, 80 kilometers an hour? 85 kilometers an hour. 80, there, cheetahs go 85 kilometers an hour. Yeah. All right, so they're not that fast. No. <laughs> right? So I know it's under that. I got an over-under. That's right, because they try to catch cheetahs, but they can't. Yeah, people are like <laughs> five or six, you know, and they can go faster than that, because I've tried to try to catch them in my living room every once in a while, Yeah, and they get away from me. So And you're quite at a, fast. At a run? Nah. Spiders get away from you at a run? No, like you're, you're sitting there and you're trying to like, you know, keep them cornered and they and you're like, where the fuck? And you throw the phone book at it and where the fuck did it go? <laughs> uh, so it's faster than like five or six. So okay. uh, I'm going to split the difference. So from five to 85. So I'm going to go 45 kilometers an hour. <laughs> Spiders are racing against cars. <laughs> yeah. I would say it's pretty low. 
there are different arachnids called camel spiders, which aren't true spiders that go very fast. But yeah, they're, they're not included. They're not included, no. But the actual spiders, some of the ground hunting spiders can run very quickly, like wolf spiders. I would say probably no more than five or six. 1.18 miles per hour huh. is so the about, giant house spider. So that's mm-hmm. about three. So I wasn't that far off. 1.73 feet per second. Mm. 1.8 kilometers per hour. There mm. you go. I was knocking on Almost the door. Two. Kevin, what is tarantism? Tarantism? Tarantism. Yeah, come on. Or possibly tarantism. Come on. Tarantism. Oh, that's when people turn into tarantulas. <laughs> I saw that in a movie. Tarantism is when you tell uh, really interesting uh, stories from uh, from the criminal world that are like weird and intertwined and often presented out of order. And mm-hmm. you can't help but uh, using the N-word every five minutes. Yeah. Because of... Quentin Tarantula. Tarantula. Tarant. I would see Quentin Tarant Tarantula. Or the Tarant. Quentin Tarantula. Tarantula. There should be like a B movie, you know. No, it's a spider movie. It's not a B movie. Parody. Filmmaker who's Quentin Tarantula. 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 There you go, Tarantula. It's actually a probably mythological symptom of being bitten by the true tarantula from Italy. Yes, a form of hysteric behavior popularly believed to result from the bite of a kind of wolf spider called yeah. the tarantula, Lycosa tarantula. Oh. Uh, these spiders are different from the broad class of spiders called tarantulas. Yep. A better candidate, as the bite of Lycosa tarantula is not in fact capable of producing significant ill effects, is Latrodectus tridecimgutatus. The European widow. Yeah, the European widow, what he said. Mm-hmm. Um, although no link between such bites and behavior of tarantism has ever been demonstrated. No, but the wolf spider that's called the tarantula was supposedly very dangerous, and if it bit you, you had to throw yourself around in this frantic dance called the tarantella, oh. and that was supposed to cure you. Probably it would just circulate the venom more fast and you just drop it. <laughs> but yeah. uh, no, they were not venomous. It was, uh, yeah, Letrodexus tridecimgutatus, the European widow, and that does kill you pretty quickly. Mm. Or it would have back then before anti-venom. Joe, what is matrophagy? Uh, that's when you eat your mother. No, that's when you eat your mattress. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. That your mother was sitting on. Well, the black lace weaver Amorobus ferox, a half-inch-long spider common in European woodlands, practices matrophagy. Within a week after the young hatch, the mother spider actively solicits them to kill and devour her. For three weeks, the mother spider sits in close contact with her egg sac until 80 to 100 spiderlings emerge. She then lays a second batch of eggs on which the young immediately feed. Three to four days later, the spiderlings molt. The next day, the mother increases her activity, drumming with her legs, jumping around and pressing intermittently against the clustered brood. Within half an hour, they swarm over her body and begin to feed. Mothers never attempt to escape or fend off the fatal attacks. Yeah. So, batch of babies. Yep. Then a batch of food babies. Yep. And then uh, then food mommy. And then food mommy. Mm, I love that kind of sushi. Yummy mommy. It's the reverse of what happens if the spiderlings stay around too long. With mm. the mother, usually they end up going from, oh, my babies, to, oh, my breakfast. <laughs> ah. So it's eat or be eaten? They can only suppress the hunting instinct for so long. Mm-hmm. Mm. Just like me. Oh, really? You're a hunter rather than a gatherer. Now, what, Kevin, what have you hunted lately? I hunted some Nanaima bars. Ah, I see, I see. Right. <laughs> Here he has them killed and dressed and prepared <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. yeah. for the rest of the tribe in the <laughs> traditional box. Every morning I go to the supermarket with a spear and a net. And uh indirect card? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what's on the tip of my spear. Yeah, okay. 
You just thought you were just a germaphobe. You don't like to swipe <laughs> it right, right in yeah. the machine. I got that. So I loved it when they had the little tap. Thing. Five foot pull. Yeah. yeah, got it. Kevin, can spiders get caught in their own webs? Sure. Absolutely. There's klutzy spiders. Klutzy spiders? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think they can. Don't they have special parts on their legs that don't stick to the sticky parts? But but if they get touched somewhere else, they totally could get stuck. Technically, they could, but they don't. Uh, there's all different types of silk. There's not one particular type of silk. So when the, where mm-hmm. the spider sits on its web is usually dry silk that they don't stick to. Plus, they've got oil that they rub on their bodies that keeps them from sticking and uh, special combs that they can break out of webs with. Spiders of the same species can stick in each other's webs. Right. Or different spiders from Mm. other webs can do that. But, yeah, usually they are immune to sticking in their own webs. So is it like the spider knows what lines on its web have the glue and what don't have the glue? She knows which which ones... Where to step. Yeah, she knows where to step. And Mm -hmm. um, if she does make a mistake, she's got the oil on her body that she can usually... Right. Wiggle out of. So you could technically so, wait, take take its web and wrap it up in it, like go ha ha ha. Yeah, you couldn't could. be able to. Yeah. So like was I not... right or was I not right? Because it sounds like that there are spiders that can caught in other spiders' webs. So spiders can get caught in webs, just not generally their own webs. Yes. So kind of, I was right. I'll give that to you. Okay, Joe. How many species of spiders are there? Uh, over a million. I'm gonna say like no, less than a million. Oh, there's less than a million. Okay, Gavin already said this. You already heard this again. I didn't listen to what other people say. (laughs) Yeah, I think he said thirty-five thousand. Oh, as of two thousand eight, at least forty-three thousand six hundred (sighs) seventy-eight spider species and one hundred nine families have been recorded by taxonomists. Mm, There you go. Interesting. That's because they haven't found the other 960,000. Yeah, I said around 35,000, so that's around 35,000. That's around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe, how long do spiders live? Hmm. If you don't step on them <laughs> or swallow them. In I your don't. Uh, I don't know how long the ones that I've allowed in my house live before <laughs> they get replaced by their children. Um, hmm. Uh, about a week? Mm. I'm going to guess Disapproving that, mumble I, I, I'm going to guess that there is no species of spider like that jellyfish which is immortal Right. I'm going to go with no immortal that spiders a, That is a bold okay. guess okay. Uh, So uh, I'm going to go with uh, How long does a cheetah live? <laughs> 15 years 15 years, 15 years. Cheetahs. Uh, And we live like at 80 right? So I'm gonna I will sp- I'm going to split the difference so that's uh, 47 and a half years. Kevin actually lucked out uh, in that one. It depends on the species, and Match. also it depends on the, the gender. Uh, male spiders tend to be very short-lived, even if the females don't kill and eat them. Kind of like humans. Yeah, uh, they're basically a walking penis. Um, oh, kind of like Joe. Although they don't tend to have penises. Walking, walking reproductive organs, essentially. Right. Uh, they live about, if they're not devoured... They'll live about four or five years oh. at the most. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. Female bird-eating spiders can live for 40 to 50 years in oh captivity. Ah. In captivity, okay. Sure. And female spiders tend to live a lot longer in general, ah. mostly because they're not the ones who are devouring themselves. <laughs> right. Now, this next section, there are many answers. Oh. Many answers. Okay. <laughs> and I'm just going to throw it out to everyone. Okay. What do spiders use their silk for? Hmm. 
uh, lots of things. We've talked about a few of them. They use it for making webs. They'll use it to wrap up their eggs. They'll use it to line their burrows if they're a burrow spider. Mm -hmm. Uh, They'll use it to attach themselves to the ground so they don't get blown away. Mm -hmm. See, I did listen a little bit. Uh, How about uh, make sweet pajamas that uh, feel kind of good against your naughty bits? (laughs) Last minute gifts. You're right. Oh, I'm going to to their place for Christmas. I didn't bring anything. I'm I'm going to spin a toque. Baby spiders use it to balloon away so they can disperse. Yeah, I already mm-hmm. said that one. Yeah. Some of them use it to build little underwater retreats, the ones that live in uh, lakes and things. Oh. Yeah, that's layers. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Guidelines, we said. Uh, wrapping up criminals. <laughs> yeah. That's the Spider-Man. Don't forget about pheromonal trails. Mm. I can't forget about something I didn't know about, but cool. No, don't, don't. <laughs> I'll try not to. Don't forget about that in the future. Uh-huh. Uh, alarm lines, like the trapdoor spider. Got it. Oh, yeah? Hopefully it's, they're not as annoying as car alarms. <laughs> Male spiders may produce sperm webs. Oh. Spider eggs are, are covered so, in silk cocoons, as you said. So hold on. A sperm web is a web made entirely out of sperm? Mm, almost. Because I might have made one of those a few weeks ago. Oh. They spin a little pocket. They spin a little, little patch of silk on the ground or wherever they're going to put the sperm put their sperm on it, and then suck it into the pedipop. So, yeah, most spider sex happens with by digital penetration, shall we say. Oh. Very few spiders have a penis. Got it. So, And then the ladies just, like, <laughs> like, uh, like, like, like drag themselves across this. No, they insert their, well, it's essentially this, insert their pedipop into the female and then pump out the sperm that way. Okay. And then usually while they're busy doing that, the female's busy eating them. Got it. Not always, but, yeah, the, if they can get away, they'll try their best. I don't think we said source of food. We did not say source no. of food. They eat their own silk? The kleptoparasitic Argiotes eats mm. the silk of its host spider's webs. Oh, okay. And some daily weavers of temporary webs also eat their own unused silk daily, thus yeah, mitigating the metabolic expense. It right, saves, right. saves on silk production, yeah. But that, oh. that's usually incidental. They just you know eat the, eat the silk whilst it's wrapped up in, wrapped around something else. Or... Right. Oh, so like an edible wrap, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, so when it's they like catch a, a fly, a the fly's stuck in the webbing, and they're just like, I'm just going to, I'm not going to try and disengage this from the webbing, I'm just going to mm. eat the webbing oh, too. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. And Joe, you like this one, mate immobilization. Yeah. Why would I like that? <laughs> the crab spider. I mean, if they're in, look, if they're into that, then yeah, okay. The bondage spider, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. As long as they have a safe word. And that is well, actually its name. They, they don't speak, so they have to have a, they have to have a, a, a safe... Uh, stridulation? Stridulation. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> What's your safe stridulation? Do it for me now. Uh, chimichanga. No, it's just got to be a stridulation. <laughs> Again, using his mouth. <laughs> there we go. That was like 16. Wait, was that 15 or 16? Do you want me to stop? <laughs> How do you spell out Colton Haynes in Morse code? Colton mm. Haynes is your safe word. <laughs> <laughs> that is really going to ruin your fantasies. Mm-hmm. Oh, Colton. I'm stopping. <laughs> yeah, the crab spider male ties down the female before mating to avoid being eaten. Oh, there you go. He ties it down pretty loosely so she can get out, but um, not until after he's scarpered. Oh, and that's so she won't eat him, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, I, that kind of bondage I, I don't think requires consent because you're, like, ensuring that you have consent. <laughs> like yeah. you're, you're like, look, okay, but only if you don't eat me. Now, Kevin, mm-hmm. spider's webs are negatively charged. Why is that? Because uh, spi- some spiders use some sort of like static electricity, to, like crawl up walls and whatever, right? That's Spider Man, <laughs> in some of the uh, explanations of his powers. Yeah, but that's like uh, linked to hard science, right? Uh, why are they negatively charged? Be- uh, because they have excess electrons. Mm. Mm. Because right? many flying insects are positively charged. Oh, and yeah, the webs act as magnets. 
And oh. so bees, bees particularly have a positive charge of about 200 volts. So any bee that goes near a web will be attracted to the web mm-hmm. like a magnet. And, and vice versa. Yeah, and, the, and web the web will, will probably move. Yeah, the web yeah. will move towards them. And so it's, mm. it's an easier way. It, it, the bee is pretty much screwed <laughs> if it mm. goes anywhere near the web. Joe, what is remote copulation? <laughs> I haven't done that in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is, uh, I mean, copula- is going com- out to pick up a webcam later on today. So <laughs> webcam, uh-huh. copulation is sex, and remote means at a distance. So uh, I'm guessing that has to do with the digital penetration, or or do they lay down their sperm on a on the web and then just leave? Some do do that. Yeah. yeah. Yes, the male Nephilengus malabarensis detaches his sexual organ, a palp. The male spiders aren't necessarily killed during the act and continue to transfer, af- transfer sperm after detachment. In fact, the emasculation increases the number of sperm transferred, especially when initiated by the female. Eunuch males are more aggressive and agile after they lose the organ, mm-hmm. and the detached palp may serve to block the female genitals in order to ensure the male's loss is his gain when it comes to paternity. Okay. So you're basically like uh, sticking your sexual organ in there and leaving it. Yeah, yep. detachable penis. Walking away. Yeah, just like, that's it. I'm out. Okay. Plus with that. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Out I'm of the way they now. can party time. Plus, with that out of the way, they can run for it if the, ma- the female tries to eat them. Oh, yeah, and they're slowed down with the extra penis weight. Do they grow another penis back so they can have kids later? No. So no. why? Well, will they have two palps though? Since yeah, they have, they have two, two palps, yeah. so you might just insert one. Oh, okay. Save the palp for the Save next lady. It's like right. uh, kidney transplants. <laughs> I was wondering why why uh, nature would care if they survive if they're not going to mate after. But that. if 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 he breaks it off in the female, then he's guaranteeing that. She will be the mother of his offspring. Because yeah. of his impenetrable palp. Because mm-hmm. nobody else will be able to get in there, yeah. That is the pop quiz. Mm-hmm. I think Gavin won. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure about that. In the history. The ancient Greeks used cobwebs to stop wounds from bleeding. Spider mm-hmm. silk also has antibacterial properties and is hypoallergenic. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. So Except- if, you're, if you're being attacked by a giant spider mm-hmm. and you get bitten... Right, and you're just and you're still in its lair. Just slap just some webbing on it. Slap some webbing on that uh, on that arm if you don't have your first aid kit with you. <laughs> Aborigines would ball spider silk up and toss it into the water, where it would unravel and catch bait fish. Mm-hmm. Very small oh. fish. Oh wow! Another handy tip in case yeah, there's there lots of spiders lying around. In case you're pulling a bear grills out in the middle of nowhere and you mm. need some bait fish. Mm, pulling bear grills. <laughs> <laughs> More recently, that Silk guy was... drinks his own pee. Just don't kiss him afterwards. Okay. <laughs> oh, you got pee mouth. Mm-hmm. Not kissing that. Nah. More recently, silk was used as the crosshairs in optical targeting devices mm. such as guns and telescopes until World War II. Really? Yep. Interesting. Huh. It's very fine and it's stronger than the steel at that diameter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's why you're so good at shooting bugs. Mm. <laughs> that's right. That's why they always say I, I could knock the pecker off a spider at. 30 yards. Thanks to the spider webbing, yeah. the natural enemy <laughs> of spiders. Oh, the irony. My junk. And people of the Solomon Islands still use spider silk as fishnets. How how much spider silk would you need to ravel together? To catch even one fish? Yeah. Quite a bit, I should imagine. It depends on the size of the fish you're going for. But it is very, silk is very strong. Yeah. Um, it's stronger than steel. Uh, and it's stretchy. So. That's why when I wear those silk shirts, I'm basically bulletproof. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. Uh, how about when I walk through that web though, and it like all breaks off in my face? Yeah, well, it's, mm, it's that's not stronger than steel. Well, if you walked into a steel web that was that thin, it would still it break. Would still break. Mm. It's not what I learned from that movie Cube. 
<laughs> oh, right. Mm-hmm. With this, the if Cube has taught me anything, yes, it's that invisible steel wires will slice you into bite-sized cubes. Yes, but that was crazy future Canada technology, mm-hmm. not not spider technology. <laughs> mm-hmm. In the science, let's talk about sexual cannibalism. <laughs> okay. Sexual cannibalism occurs among species with prominent sexual size dimorphism. What does that mean? Guys are much smaller than ladies. Yep. 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 It's uh, Amazons versus Danny DeVitos. <laughs> Female orb web spiders mm. tend to cannibalize males displaying less aggressive behavior and mate with males displaying more aggressive behavior, showing a preference for this trait, which, along with the large body size, displays high male quality and genetic advantage. Right? Yep. So if you're wussy spider, <laughs> you will get eaten. But if okay. you're like manly spider, then you have better chances to not be eaten. Male spiders be ma- mated with. Right. Male spiders can uh, they use their feet to detect whether a uh, female is virginal. Uh, they How can, do they do that? They pluck at her uh, body and they can taste on the edge of their feet whether she's uh, been mated before. Uh, it's a pheromone. Oh, okay, okay. And they are less likely, although not. <laughs> totally unlikely to eat them because they want to mate. Often they'll just mate and they'll eat them anyway. Uh, so uh-huh. pretty much the male, you're screwed either way, whether you mate or not. Ah, uh, screwed? Because um, you screw and then you get screwed up? Redback spider males always die. They actually, it's called a sexual suicide. Right. Um, th- they uh, make sure that they somersault into her jaws so that they, whilst she's eating her, her uh, mate, they'll break off their pedipulps in her genital pore so that mm. they, they'll be guaranteed that they're the only one that mates. Well, the only one that can mate with her because they block the pore. And whilst and they're, they're like, doing eat that, me. Yep. Because there's no further purpose for them to exist when they can't mate anymore. So they're just, and they're going to die in a few weeks anyway. Oh, okay. So they nourish their future children. Oh, oh. Okay. Right. I would not do that. <laughs> you wouldn't somersault into a lady's mouth and bust off your pedipalp in her pore? <laughs> I don't think so. All right. Okay. You don't don't knock it until you try it. Yeah, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's talk about the bolus spider. Mm. That's a spider that likes cereal. <laughs> it's the spider. The spider bowl? Mm-hmm. It's the spider that uh, takes its silk and makes it into uh, two balls connected with a chain in the middle and then throws them at, uh, at oh. flies and catches you know, them. That's yeah. actually pretty close. Bola spider. That's yeah. very close, actually. Oh. Uh, it's, it, it doesn't build a web. It builds a single strand of webbing that it holds in, in its front leg, and it's got a drop of glue on the end, like a bolus. Okay. And uh, when moths come by, it exudes a pheromone that exactly matches the species of moth that is coming, uh, and uh, yeah. it will attract the moth to it, and then it swings the, the bolus around and whacks onto the moth and grabs it and pulls it in and eats it. Please yeah. say we have video of this. Please. Yes, we do. We do have video of this? Yeah. There it oh, is. Yeah. She, only, she only glues the end, so the rest of it she can swing around. Oh, look at this. Swing it back and forth. That's hilarious. Wow. That is so red. It's, 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 she's creating like a little oh. parabola, and she got them off with it. And Let like she... I said, they can, they can change the pheromone they're producing to match the species of moths so that the males... Or the females of the moss will come investigate. Also called angling spiders. Oh, because, yeah, because it's like a fishing rod. Yep. When, yeah, when those it. things get giant and can make Axe body spray, we are in big trouble. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no, because they'll bring in all the douchebags. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All the women who would be attracted to, douche to douchebags, yeah. for sure. It'd actually help our gene pool. Now, the trapdoor spider. Oh, I know this one. It builds trapdoors. 
Isn't, really, isn't like a properly like a web building spider in the way that we think of it. Okay. Because it builds doors out of silk? I think it makes doors out of just like stuff, rocks, yeah, and Yeah, it, it uses the silk to put rocks and little gravel things around and line its burrow, but it's not actually using the silk to hunt per se. Mm-hmm. Some of them line the uh, outside of the burrows with, with trip lines to warn that there's something coming. Others use vibration of the earth itself. Mm-hmm. They're not right. really using a web. But they don't hunt. No. In the in the way that a hunting spider would. Right. No, they're sit and wait ambush predators. Got they it. are up to five centimeters. Yep. They are worldwide. And if you get bitten by a trapdoor spider, there will be minor pain and swelling. But since trapdoor spiders are sometimes confused with funnel web spiders, is mm-hmm. it it is advisable to get medical attention if your symptoms are more severe. Especially if you're in Australia. Yeah. If you're well, not in Australia, you don't have to worry about funnel web spider. So a trapdoor spider, not that big a deal. Funnel web spider, big deal? Funnel webs are a very big deal. <laughs> Really? They're probably the most venomous spider on the planet. What? But if Hollywood has taught me anything, it, tarantulas are the most scary spider on the planet. No, tarantulas, well, they might be Tarantulas scary. are probably the easiest f- spiders to film. Ah, okay. Tarantulas <laughs> are all but harmless. I mean, they look big and scary and hairy, and the fangs will probably hurt, but the venom is mild. You, you're looking at it like a bee sting. Right. Okay. Uh, whereas funnel webs can kill you in under an hour. Wow, how big is a funnel web spider? About the size of a mouse. Oh, the size of a mouse? Yeah. That's pretty um, big. Technically, they're the most venomous spider in the world. They're not the most dangerous because they're not very aggressive. Got it. Uh, the most dangerous is the wandering spider from South America because they have a very potent venom, which is the second after the funnel web, but they're also highly aggressive. So you can go near a funnel web and it won't rip your face off, but a uh, wandering spider will probably attack you. Just because. Just because it's, yep. it's dickhead. Yeah. They're... So and a, and a funnel web spider gets confused with a trapdoor spider because they both build... They build similar similar burrows and they look quite similar too. Uh, a funnel web is a type of trapdoor. Okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you can usually tell the difference because they actually the funnel webs actually build a, a web around the burrow, which is where they get the name from. It looks like a funnel. The funnel web spider, attracted to water and hence are often found in swimming pools. Yes. Found in a swimming pool. Yeah, yep. into which they often fall while wandering. Yeah, males go wandering and they plop into pools and they can not drown for a long time. So you pick them up and they bite you and you die. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the body count for funnel web spiders is 13 attributed deaths from 1927 to 1980. No further deaths after the antivenom was made. Oh, cool. Um, there you go. Now, unusually for spiders, it's the, the male that is the more deadly one. Females are dangerous, right. female funnel webs, but the, the males are six to seven times more deadly and uh, go wandering, whereas the females stay put. So mm. why does the funnel web spider need to be this venomous? Is it just because they live in Australia and it's all gamesmanship? It's all like, <laughs> I got to be more poisonous than that guy down there. It's all just a big like poison race game. They don't really need to be. It's true. They, they don't go for... They're just assholes. Yeah, pretty much. They don't go for prey that's much bigger than a lizard. Right. Uh, and most of their prey is insects. Uh, and other, yeah, so yeah, why other... do you need that much venom? Because if it kills a human in like an hour, then it kills the insect in like mm. oh, uh, half a second. Most, you got to use it, right? Yeah, <laughs> most most entomologists think it's a, an aberration because yeah, amongst vertebrates, only primates are affected by funnel web venom. Uh, a cat and a dog can be bitten by a funnel web and just walk away. Really? Yeah, only primates. So like, if huh. a gorilla, a human, or a monkey is bitten, they'll die. 
But mm-hmm. if a cat or a dog or a horse is bitten, they'll just go, what? whatever. I don't even care. Could it be that humans caused this by, say, eating all the non-venomous ones yeah, and I think, then realizing shit? We've- I think it's possible that when Australia was connected to South America, some sort of ape might have preyed on them and they evolved this, this right. venom to stop it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, but, yeah, that's just my theory. It hasn't uh, been proven already. The old spider-eating ape. Mm. No longer exists. <laughs> yeah, because funnel webs yep. got got hip to it. <laughs> That's right. Right. Now, as we mentioned, uh, there are spiders that use webbing underwater, specifically the diving bell spider. Yeah, they're really cool. Also known as the water spider. Mm-hmm. We'll put some pictures and video. They of live this in Japan, well. uh, Europe, Central Europe, and North Northern Asia. Yep. The only known species to live entirely underwater breathes air, which it traps in a bubble held by hairs on its abdomen and legs. And they build underwater diving bell webs, which they fill with air and use for digesting prey, molting, mating, and raising offspring. They live almost entirely within the bells, darting out to catch prey animals that touch the bell or the silk threads that anchor it. Yep. Yeah, it's really cool. It's like living in a tiny little tiny little room way down under the water. It's awesome. Now, the Corolla spider. Oh, yeah. These ones are cool. Not okay. exactly a web-building spider, but not a hunting spider either. But they do have the world's most popular podcast. Oh, Adam Corolla spider? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They live in the Namibian desert. In Africa, yeah. Where it's too hot for silk. <laughs> and too also, drunk to fuck, too hot to silk. It's also very windy, so the webs would blow away. So they build a little border of quartz crystals around their lair. The property of quartz allows it to transmit vibrations with almost no degradation in the signal. This sounds like some kind of crazy Star Trek shit. Yeah. (laughs) The spider attaches a web line to each of the rocks around its little burrow and then sits in the middle. And when an ant or other prey touches a rock, it senses the vibration and strikes. Okay. Okay. That's why dilithium crystals are so rare on Star Trek because you have to... To navigate the spiders to get <laughs> right. the dilithium spiders. Mm-hmm. Oh, the deadly dilithium spiders. So they have the, they're have they surrounded by quartz because their silk will blow away in the wind. Mm. Right. And it's too hot. Yep. But they're like touching all the little silk rocks? Yeah, they'll, that... have, yeah they'll have like little, little uh, strands. To, oh, like to, inside. To each of They've their... just got one line on each rock. Right. So yeah. They can feel, and yeah, they're in direct contact with it. There's usually eight, so one leg is on each. And oh, okay, rock, that's yeah. convenient. And then an ant will come along and that just gently brush the quartz. <laughs> and pow! And that's the end of the ant. That's the oh, end. my God, the horror. Let's talk about social spiders. So Facebook spiders, Twitter spiders. Mm-hmm. Yep. They form relatively long-lasting aggregations, whereas most spiders are solitary and even aggressive towards other members of their own species. Mm-hmm. Uh, some hundreds of species in several families show a tendency to live in groups, often referred to as colonies, and continue to provoke the curiosity of naturalists. Oh. oh provoke, provoke. Naturalist curiosity. It is unusual for spiders to tolerate each other. Mm-hmm. Mm, but social spiders really tolerate each other. They get all mm. cozy. Mm. They build enormous communal webs, which can span dozens of trees. And have several million spiders inside them. Yeah, well, we have a picture of the Baltimore Wastewater Treatment Plant, which put a call out for extreme spider help in 2009 (laughs) when a giant spider web covered almost four acres of their facility. Scientists eventually estimated over 107 million spiders were living in the structure with densities of over 35,000 spiders per cubic meter. It's essentially essentially the arachnophobe's ultimate nightmare. Yeah, no kidding. You don't want to walk into that one. Professional entomologists and arachnologists wrote, We were unprepared for the sheer scale of the spider population and the extraordinary masses of both three-dimensional and sheet-like webbing that blanketed much of the facility's cavernous interior. 
How long did it take for this structure to get put up? Like, oh. how did this even come to pass? That's a good question. Without anybody noticing it before. Uh, I don't well, know. Well, people who noticed it were eaten. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Far greater in magnitude than any previously recorded aggregation of orb weavers, the visual impact of the spectacle was nothing less than astonishing. This comes from our good friend, Gwen Pearson. In places where the plant workers had swept aside the webbing to access equipment, the silk lay piled on the floor in rope-like clumps as thick as a fire hose. <laughs> in some areas over, of the plant, over 95% of the space was filled with spider web. The webbing was so dense that it pulled eight-foot-long fluorescent light fixtures out of place. Wow. Megawebs in the U.S. are usually dominated by two spider species, the Guatemalan long-jawed spider and the bridge spider. <laughs> All recorded U.S. megawebs have occurred near water. This makes sense because spiders have to eat, and midges emerge in huge quantities from water where they breed and live. We got pictures. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Put those up on the website. Go check them out at causticsodapodcast.com. Crazy. That yeah. is pretty thickly webbed. Yeah, the whole ceiling structure is, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of this open sort of warehousey looking thing, and the entire ceiling area well that's why people weren't walking into it nobody yeah. looks up right yeah, it looks fair it looks it lo- looks like there's just some kind of uh, insulation up there that's yeah. hanging a little low looks insulation like full of spiders insulation mm-hmm. crawl- but it's keeping away the the bothersome insects mm-hmm. if yeah. they stay up there I'm, i would be fine with that looks like a dormitory that peter parker was rather lonely in oh there you go <laughs> but yeah stegodifers are just adorable they've got little mutton chops and cute little eyes and oh and there are hundreds of them so cute. Again, I just want to point out that Gavin defines cute in a very different way than most other people on the planet. <laughs> this is true. Let's talk about the golden orb weaver. Oh, yes. Another Australian. <laughs> From reddish to greenish yellow in color with distinctive whiteness Wait. on the cephalothorax. Wait, what, what, what is this better called? The golden orb weaver. And what color is it? From reddish to greenish yellow in color. But the wait. webbing is gold. Ah, ah. you see? Okay. Yes, the yellow threads of their web shine like gold in sunlight. Ooh. There's gold and then their trees. There's gold and then their webs. And their webs are up to one and a half meters across. That's four foot 11. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. just enough to catch a Danny DeVito. Yeah. <laughs> their size is about five centimeters, not including the leg span. The largest specimen ever recorded was 6.9 centimeter body length that was able to catch and feed on a small finch. We have a picture of this. Ooh, feeding on finches. Wow. That's a Five bad. centimeters not including leg span. Yeah, they're quite yeah. large. That's pretty big, yeah. They can yeah. span a human hand. Oh, they got a photo of this thing catching a finch. Yep. yep. Whoa, that's crazy. Not it's uncommon. a bird in a web. It's not uncommon. I've seen them catch bats as well. That is kind of a bonkers, nightmarish-looking uh, spider. Unfortunately, or fortunately, based on your point of view, they're harmless to humans. Good. <laughs> I still wouldn't want it on my face like that guy. They are widespread in warmer regions of the, of the world. Their bite is potent, but not lethal to humans. It has a neurotoxic effect similar to that of the black widow spider. However, the venom is not nearly as powerful. The bite causes local pain, redness, and blisters that normally disappear within a 24-hour interval. Okay. Mm. A textile designer, Simon Piers, and an entrepreneur, Nicholas Godley, managed in years of work and using over a million golden silk orb weavers collected in the wild and released some 30 minutes later after they produced the silk to produce a shawl and a cape. I have the shawl here. Oh. A picture of that made entirely of orb, of golden orb weaver silk. Now, here's the question. Like, yes. What is the advantage of their silk being gold-colored as opposed to not gold-colored like all other silk? I think it's just cosmetic. It's, it's, there's been theories that it's to attract insects. Uh, okay. The, but, and there's other theories that it's to repel birds. But um, Except for the one that actually catches the yeah, bird? Yeah. Usually when they catch a bird, they, you will let it go. Uh, it's only if it's, the spider is big enough and the bird is small enough mm-hmm. that they'll say, oh, well, I might eat you. 
I'll give it a shot. Yep. And from an article in PLOS One, the 2013 scientific paper, Bat Predation by Spiders, More Than 50 Incidences of Bats Being Captured by Spiders, are reviewed. Okay. Bat-catching spiders have been reported from virtually every continent with the exception of Antarctica. <laughs> Most reports refer to the Neotropics, Asia, and Australian Papua New Guinea. An attack attempt by a large araneomorph hunting spider of the family Pissuridae mm-hmm. on an immature bat was witnessed. 88% of the reported incidents of bat catches were attributable to web-building spiders and 12% to hunting spiders. Large tropical orb weavers, in particular, have been observed catching bats in their huge, strong orb webs. Right. Well, I mean, if you can catch a bird, you can catch a bat. While in some instances, bats entangled in spider webs may have died of exhaustion, starvation, dehydration, and or hyperthermia, there were numerous other instances where spiders were seen actively attacking, killing, and eating the captured bats. Mm. The evidence suggests that spider predation on flying vertebrates is more widespread than previously assumed. Hmm. Yeah, I've seen the Anephala, the golden orb weaver, attacking and killing and eating a bat. Uh, admittedly, these aren't big bats. These are right. little bats. Yeah. Right. But, uh, yeah, it's still pretty impressive. The mammals versus the arachnids, as seen in many Sci-fi movies? Sci-fi movies. Yeah. I'm just waiting for the Batman versus Spider-Man. Black Widow. The comic book character or the spider? Uh, let's talk about the spider. Oh, I'd rather talk about Scarlett Johansson. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes two small triangles instead of the complete hourglass is present. Ooh, Scarlett Johansson again. We're back to Scarlett Johansson now? Hourglass? The male, seldom seen because it is often killed and eaten by the female after mating, hence the spider's name, mm-hmm. is about one-fourth the size of the female. In addition to the hourglass design, the male often has pairs of red and white stripes on the sides of the abdomen. And the males are completely harmless. The habitat is from the United States and parts of Canada through Latin America and the West Indies. Makes its home in a variety of settings such as wood piles, burrows, and among plants. And downstairs bathrooms. Yep. Mm -hmm. I think I've got one there. The Black Widow is responsible for more than 2,500 visits to poison control centers every year in the U.S. Mm. Its bite, which may feel like a pinprick on the skin... Attacks nerves by blocking their signals to the muscles. This causes the muscle to contract repeatedly, producing severe muscle pain and cramping, nausea, and mild paralysis of the diaphragm, which makes breathing difficult. Mm -hmm. But only if they bite you in the diaphragm. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. Other symptoms include high blood pressure, restlessness, and severe facial spasms. Most victims recover without serious complications. Yep. Some Australian widow spider bite victims have been found to sweat so much after getting bitten that their sweat formed puddles on the floor. Yeah, that's not just because of like the irrepressible heat, isn't? I mean, you know, Australia is pretty. Body count: thirty-six deaths recorded from nineteen sixty-five to nineteen ninety. Thirty-six. Mm. There's an mm. anti-venom now for. They're pretty much all over the world. They're uh, they've introduced themselves to every country, including Antarctica. <laughs> yeah. They're nowhere near as dangerous as people think. Uh, the media hype has suggested. I mean, firstly, there's an anti-venom, and secondly, they're so shy and so reluctant to bite. I've handled them several times with no ill effects. The only time they'll bite is if they're absolutely sure you're about to squash them. Uh, How will they know? You're squeezing them. <laughs> oh, I see. Mm. Uh, sometimes also if they're trapped between clothing and flesh or layers of clothing, they'll panic because they think they're, they're being squashed. Right. Mm-hmm. I know five people have been bitten by redback spiders, which is the Australian widow or one of the two okay. Australian widows. Two of them had no effect at all. Uh, they, one felt they were in their 20s. One person who was in their 40s felt dizzy for a few hours. Right. And one person who was in his 70s had to go to hospital. He collapsed. But he, he was a priest who had one under his cassock. Oh. And, and it bit him about seven times. Oh, oh. I see. Uh, so, yeah, he was 
pretty much rushed to hospital. God Wait, hated this guy. Hold on. What Spider God did, did, did at least. Did he feel all seven bites and yeah. just assume that it was... He he didn't. Sometimes you don't feel him. Uh, he was in the middle of a sermon. He was like, I got to get through this thing. Yeah, I'll worry probably, about the, yeah, the bites later. He was in the middle of a sermon and uh, he swooned on the altar and had to be held up. And um, then they thought, oh, and then uh, they lifted up the cassock and then all the bites and the spider jumped out. So they were like, uh oh, take him to the hospital. He didn't do some kind of or God strike me down proclamation before <laughs> oh, that happened, did he? If only, if only that had happened. That's why he was reading St. Paul's letter against the spiders. Yeah, to. Time is everything. And the brown widow. That's not the brown recluse? No, no, the brown widow. It's a type of widow, yeah. Okay. Thought to have evolved in Africa, but the first specimen described came from South America. It is classified as an invasive species elsewhere in the world. Mm-hmm. Including Australia. The species makes its home in buildings, inside old tires, under automobiles, as well as among shrubs and other vegetation. Brown widow venom is considered to be twice as powerful as that of the black widow. Ooh. However, the species is not aggressive and only injects a tiny amount of venom when it does bite. Mm. Oh, okay. And it's only been associated with the deaths of two people in Madagascar in the early 1990s. It's quite interesting. Mm. Uh, it's, it wasn't found in Australia at all, the brown widow, up until World War II. Right. And then along came American servicemen. And they set bases up. And their up. black widow bomb, or their brown widow bombs. Well, they set right? b- they set bases up around um, various places in Australia when they were there, and uh, they had boxes of equipment. Mm-hmm. And guess who smuggled themselves into the boxes of equipment? Oh, spiders do like windows. boxes of things. Yeah. And so now uh, you find brown widows in a radiating pattern around where American bases used to be. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and finally, our favorite, the brown recluse. Yay. Uh, necrotizing fasciitis. Also known as violin spiders. Ooh, because they, uh, they play them at your funeral? <laughs> yes, very tiny violins. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. just mockingly play to, them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, to, to show sad we killed to you. To show how little they care. <laughs> yeah, they, they, string, they string silk between their legs and play like... <laughs> no, they have, a, they have a violin-shaped marking on their cephalophorax. Mm-hmm. It looks like a, a fiddle. They live in western and southern United States. Uh, has extended its range into parts of the northern United States, making homes caves, rodent burrows, and other protected environments. Brown recluse spiders also nest in the undisturbed spaces of buildings, such as attics, storage areas, and wall or ceiling voids. I know that there are brown recluses in and around Vancouver. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. When we uh, uh, Every once in a while, we get a memo from the health and safety organization that oversees film and television right because we go into a lot of abandoned buildings right and, and underused buildings to yep. use for filming sets yeah and uh every couple of years you get a memo because somebody gets bit or whatnot beware of the brown recluse i actually saw one the other day i was delighted um <laughs> yeah I, I went over to uh, a friend's house over chris here. woods chris from horse track hooligans yeah, shout out to uh, horse track hooligans we know him from the art and submarine episodes of this very podcast. Indeed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in his garage, when we were looking for Black Widows, we instead found a brown recluse sitting there quite happily in the corner. Mm-hmm. Being reclusive. She threw it on his child. <laughs> Catch! Usually bites only when pressed against the skin, such mm-hmm. as when tangled within clothes, towels, bedding, or inside work gloves. Uh-huh. Many human victims report having been bitten after putting on clothes that had not been worn recently. Uh, I met a guy on a film set who laid down in a hammock Oh. And then woke up like uh, a few days later after he'd been in a coma. <laughs> Are you sure it was a hammock? It might have just been the spider's a giant web. Giant web. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I'll sit in this hammock. That's no hammock. <laughs> Deaths from brown recluse spider bites are rare. The bite frequently is not felt initially and may not be immediately painful, but it can be serious. 
The brown, and you can go into shock and slip into a coma yeah. for a couple of days. The brown recluse bears a potentially deadly hemotoxic venom, which uh-huh. destroys red blood cells, disrupts blood clotting, and uh, can cause organ degeneration and generalized tissue damage. Most bites are minor with no necrosis. However, a small number of brown recluse bites do produce severe dermonecrotic lesions. Although yeah. recent evidence suggests that they've been blamed unfairly for that. It's, it's similar to uh, the white-tailed spider in Australia, which is also... It's called necrotizing arachnidism. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, and it is allegedly an effect of white-tailed spider envenomation and uh, brown recluse spider envenomation. Basically, it turns your body into what happened in cabin fever. Mm-hmm. Uh, your skin falls off, you uh, get ble- bleeding everywhere, and it won't heal up. Yeah. We found out recently that most of the whitetail and quite a lot of the brown recluse spider necrotizing arachnidism is actually caused by pre-existing skin conditions, such as oh. skin cancers that have been gone unreported. And uh, a lot so of it the takes t- a spider bite for you to find out you've got skin cancer. Yes, and a lot of them weren't. <laughs> a lot of them weren't even bitten by the spider. They just assumed to have been bitten by the spider. Oh, oh I see. Mm. It's probably a bacteria that may be on the spider's fangs, but it probably isn't even on a lot of the spider's fangs. It's just that the spider bite punctures the skin and allows the bacteria to get in. Got it. But they are still dangerous, so don't go out and just merrily get bitten by white tails and. Brown recluse. In 2001, more than 2,000 brown recluse spiders were removed from a heavily infested home in Kansas, yet the four residents who had lived there for years were never harmed by the spiders despite many encounters with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see? Well, they probably fed them. They, they, anyone who stayed overnight <laughs> That's just right. mysteriously vanished. <laughs> yeah. in Got it. Oh, the in-laws. Sure, you can stay in our brown recluse house. <laughs> Is this an infanticide follow-up?
In the news, August 21st, 2014, mm-hmm. urbanization significantly alters landscapes, impacting the local climate and dramatically changing natural animal habitats. Many species are unable to exploit these novel environments, and consequently populations experience decline, but some seem to be able to thrive in them. Uh, and by novel environments, you mean environments full of books? Yeah, bookstores. <laughs> bookstores, mm-hmm. I yeah. got it. Yeah. Okay. Chapters. Uh, no, nobody goes into bookstores anymore. That's why the spiders are running amok. Spiders running bookstores. Uh-huh. They're eating all the bookworms. Oh, that's right. Last time I went and bought a book, I bought it from a spider. Here's your change. <laughs> no, they stridulate. Here's your change. Ting, 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 ting. They sound like jackpot machines. <laughs> Which leg do you pull? Oh, yeah. <laughs> to get him to fart? Yeah, the eight-armed bandit. One particular species that caught the eye of University of Sydney researcher Elizabeth Lowe was the golden orb weaver spider. Mm. Mm-hmm. While these spiders are common in the region, Lowe started to notice that they were looking unusually plump. Ooh. Lowe and colleagues collected a total of 222 female spiders Oof. from various study sites. 222. They, ooh, they like their palindromes. A, a third of 666. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they measured the size, fat reserves, and egg production. They discovered that more built-up areas further from bushland tended to house larger spiders. Mm-hmm. Specimens from inner-city parks on average weighed 1.6 grams. That may not sound like much, but when compared to spiders taken from bushland areas that weighed just 0.5 grams oh, on average, like it's easy to see that they're unusually chubby. Yeah. Furthermore, spider ovaries were also significantly bigger in mm. urban sample sizes and in areas with more hard surfaces and less leaf litter. What about uh, spider underies? <laughs> the ovaries and the underies? The ovaries and the underies, yeah. And the underoos? The researchers propose that two factors are likely contributing the, to these observed changes, mm-hmm. increased temperature and prey availability. Okay. Urban areas are often significantly warmer than surrounding rural areas mm-hmm. due to hard surfaces and lack of vegetation, which is called the urban heat island effect. Ooh, mm-hmm. urban heat okay. island effect. Mm. Temperature can significantly affect the growth and size of spiders. Therefore, it is likely that the higher temperatures experienced in more urban areas are encouraging spider growth. It is also possible that there's more right. prey available to the spiders in urban areas, which babies. could also explain the increase in growth. Human babies. Yeah, yeah. Human babies. <laughs> Dingoes. The spider ate my dingo. <laughs> the spider ate the dingo that ate my baby. That's, That's right. It's, you know, people don't wonder why you don't see many dingoes in urban areas. It's because yeah. the spiders eat them all. Got them. <laughs> they also found that large spiders were associated with artificial light structures, such as light posts. Mm. Bugs are attracted to artificial lighting. Therefore, it's mm. likely that the spiders are able to catch more prey in these oh, areas. Yeah. 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 And you don't have lamp posts in bushland. Right. One final observation was that wealthier areas generally had larger spiders. The re- oh, the fat cats have fat spiders. <laughs> they, have, they have fat kids to feed the spiders yeah. with. The researchers are uncertain as to why this might be, but they propose that wealthier areas might have more hard surfaces and thus are warmer. Okay. Uh, uh, spiders yeah. just like cushy living. So your caviar and foie gras they catch in their webs <laughs> when the rich people just throw it out like Friar Tuck in uh, Rocket Robin Hood he just yeah. takes a bite and throws the foie gras behind him Over and lands in a shoulder. spider web yeah. and the spider gets huge oh this is so good no, I was interested in this research especially because it's Australian spiders but uh, the Nephila are pretty big anyway they're the golden orb weavers yeah. yeah but they, I was interested or like I like the golden finch eaters as yeah. I like to yeah. call them but they, they use the females I wanted to know if the males were also getting bigger because the males are tiny uh, mm-hmm. You know, the females are about, you know, three or four inches. The f- males are only a tenth of the size of the females. So, yeah, if if they wanted to really know, they should sample both genders, I think. 
We're going to write a letter. And for anybody who thinks this is only Australia, while the researchers only looked at the Sydney area, they believe it's probably happening all over the world. Dun, dun, dun. Fatter spiders in richer areas. Urban (laughs) spiders are bigger. Move to the countryside (laughs) to avoid the large spiders. 2014 Manchester. At approximately 1432 hours, patrolmen responded to a single motor vehicle crash. The driver of the car was a spider. Was identified as Thomas A. Spider. No, uh, <laughs> Thomas A. Buchko, forty-one. Uh-huh. The vehicle was traveling when Buchko attempted to swat a large spider that had lowered itself in front of his face, causing him to leave the roadway and strike a utility pole. Oof. Buchko Ouch, exited the vehicle prior to police arrival and was treated by Manchester First Aid at the scene for swelling of his right eye caused by the airbag deployment. Got it. But refused further treatment. Which probably swatted that spider pretty good. Or yeah, maybe yeah. embedded swatted that spider into, into his, his face. face. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's well, like, here's a, your couple right here. He's <laughs> right underneath your eye. No, he's like a Bond villain. Like now he's got this spider <laughs> oh, right. permanently embedded in his yeah. cheek, right? <laughs> if only he'd used spider silk to restrain him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then he could have used it because they're stronger than seatbelts. So how many people do you think are are injured by fear of spiders rather than actually by oh, spiders? Oh, I can, I can tell you about that. Yeah. The huntsman spiders in yeah. Australia cause so many vehicle accidents like this one. Huntsman spiders, they're large. Mm-hmm. Uh, say, uh, some of them can span a hand. They're, they're large. They're flat. They're hairy. Yeah. And they're completely harmless. Ah, but they're humans. scary looking. Yeah, they're scary looking. They were used as the spiders, the soldier spiders in arachnophobia because they're harmless, right. but big and scary looking. Yeah. Uh, but not one of them can kill you at all. They're completely harmless. Uh, but they do have a habit of liking surfaces that are warm and flat. Uh-huh. So they go in the underneath the, the visor at the driver's side right. and hide there and just chill out. And then and, when it's on a sunny day, you're yep, driving, and then you flip yep, your and visor down. And they down the visor, and the spider falls in your lap, like and a... you scream and crash. <laughs> Got it. Uh, so many. I'd say s- several dozen people have died in crashes caused by huntsman spiders mm. so, suddenly dropping on them. And usually the spider walks away from the crash, too. Which so is... <laughs> we should stop calling them huntsmans and start calling them scarum sea drivers. Driver scarums. Yeah. <laughs> people, if they're going to be rational, you should not have a fear of spiders. You should have a fear of fear of spiders. Got it's it. just an instinctive reaction, I think. They just go, ah, and throw their hands up, and then they're driving, so it's like, uh-oh, I'm not on the wheel anymore. Yeah, but if it was a pen, you wouldn't freak out and crash. Like, mm. oh, no, a pen fell down. Yeah. But it's except for my much... spider-shaped pen. That's true. Yeah. Okay, fair enough, yeah. Mm-hmm. 2004, Dortmund, Germany. Dortmund. Mark Volger, 30, was found dead in his apartment. His body draped in spider webs with more than 200 spiders. Several snakes, thousands of termites, and a gecko feasting on his corpse. <laughs> the gecko did it. <laughs> it's, it's the strangest game of Clue ever. <laughs> look, look who had the most to gain. The gecko gets to eat him. The, the gecko did have the insurance in his name. Oh, God. The, the yes, gecko uh, is a uh, mascot yeah. for Geico Insurance. Yeah. You didn't yeah. know that, Gavin. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Authorities were alerted when concerned neighbors noticed a horrendous stench emanating from the apartment. <laughs> His black widow Bettina is believed to administer the deadly bite. Interesting. Oh, Police? sure. Blame the poor black widow. <laughs> when there's hundreds of snakes, hundreds of sp- other spiders. It's in the name. It's, it's the it's gecko. A black widow. The gecko and, did it. And he obviously. <laughs> It, it was obviously the Black Widow because he's obviously not married to a human. Right. Mm-hmm. Police described Vogel's tiny apartment as a cross between a botanical garden and the butterfly breeding room in the seal killer movies The Silence of the Lambs. Awesome. Dun, I want dun, this dun. house. Oh. I want to move into this house. 
he never let people visit. No. <laughs> a police spokesman said it was like a horror movie. His corpse <laughs> was over the sofa. Giant webs draped him. Spiders were all over him. They were coming out of his nose and his mouth. There was everything. His came out of his mouth? Out of his mouth. <laughs> Squeak. There was everything there one could imagine in the world of reptiles. Larger pieces of flesh torn off by the lizards were scooped up and taken back to webs of tarantulas and other bird-eating spiders. Interesting. The spiders and the termites managed to escape when the heating elements exploded and opened the lids to their tanks. Oh. The lizards were allowed to roam. You see, the geckos did it. Yep. Uh, Vogel also kept a pet boa constrictor and several poisonous frogs. He was dead for somewhere between 7 and 14 days when his corpse was found. Enough time for the creepy crawlies to make a new home out of his apartment. Nice. And himself wow. as well. Yeah. Well, while we're here, we might as well eat this decaying human. Mm -hmm. Then why not? Long pig. Pop culture! All yeah. right, okay. Gammon, you want to talk about Krull? Oh, I love Krull. Because you love Krull. It's a, it's a really good fantasy movie. No, it's not. No. <laughs> no. I like it. I like it. Well, uh, the best thing about Krull opinion. is that giant bladed boomerang thing. The yeah. glaive. Yeah. It glaive. is a fantasy movie. It mm. is a fantasy movie, to be clear. Ah. It's the good part that we are arguing against. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, from 1983, I yes. think. Yeah. And uh, there's an extensive sequence around the middle called the widow of the web sequence when uh, mm -hmm. freddie uh, jones has to traverse a gigantic spider web mm -hmm. uh to get to the cocoon in the middle which houses his former lover who went mad killed their children and became a witch and uh, it's guarded by an enormous spider a crystal spider yes normally in spider when there's a giant spider in a movie it's black and horrible and creepy this one is beautiful it's translucent and mm -hmm. and crystalline and mm -hmm. it just looks lovely uh, Beautiful. Yeah, I like it. And, uh, of course, Freddie Jones is like trying to get through the web and the spider comes to eat him and he calls out the woman's name and so she gives him an hourglass full time to get right. to it so the spider's delayed. It's like a magical hourglass. And then eventually the power the of love wins out and she tells him vital information and the spiders get very, spider gets very mad. She, uh, as I recall, she has to break the hourglass yeah. and give him like a handful of sand. Yeah, which and he has that amount of time to left get to out. Live. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, so so when so now that the hourglass is broken, the spider comes back and starts destroying yeah. the cocoon that she and lives in. And the implication is that it kills itself and her Good little sequence. And it has a guy turning into a tiger. And it has a guy <laughs> turning into a tiger. <laughs> and the glaive. And the glaive. <laughs> Who's seen arachnophobia? Uh, I saw arachnophobia. Mm -hmm. I saw it twice in the theater. Oh, my so God. So I. much I liked it. it. John Goodman in one of his first like feature film turns after the whole Roseanne thing. Yeah. Right. Kind of and Julian off. Sands from Warlock. Yep. Plays the spider expert. What is the reason that the spiders are so aggressive and large? There's a spider at the beginning in the coda, at the beginning of the film. They go to South America, and there's an unknown species mm. of bird-eating spider that is lethally toxic. Uh, mm. In seconds, it can kill you, which is ludicrous. It goes back to the United States after it kills one of the researchers in his coffin and oh. uh, yeah. breeds with a local large spider, Ooh. which is also impossible, but never mind, uh, and creates a new species of super spider that is smaller, but much more deadly and uh, much faster. And they set about invading the town and killing everybody. There's a little old lady who gets bit on her couch and she dies. And then somebody comes over and says, oh, the little old lady must have died of old age. And then a spider crawls out of her mouth. Yep. The, the amusing thing is that when it plays in Australia... The soldier spiders are obviously huntsman spiders, which, as I've said before, are harmless. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, these the are... The ones that hide in your visor and your car. Yes. Yeah. 
But uh, it still works. I mean, I knew they were huntsmen, and I was jumping out of my skin every five minutes. Mm-hmm. And you um, love spiders. You think they're cute. Yeah, and the It'd be two, like a teddy bear movie. The mm-hmm. two, the king and the queen spider, are played by Goliath bird-eating spiders, the largest right. spider. Well, when they're not mechanical, they're played by <laughs> right. Goliath bird-eating spiders, which are the largest spiders on the planet. And uh, they can, they're about the size of a dinner plate. Big as shit. Yeah. But again, they're harmless. But they look, well, not harmless. They well, could make not you, harmless to birds? No. They could make you sick, I suppose, but for only for a day or two. They couldn't, they're not dangerously Listen, venomous. You, uh, the bird-catching spider that's the size of a dinner plate would not kill you through venom. It would kill you through heart attack. Because <laughs> if a plate-sized spider, I was about to say jumped on me, it would not have to jump on me. For me to freak to see it. the it would, F out. It would be in the mid in mid air, about to land in your face, and your body would go, fuck that, I'm out, and your yeah, heart would that's stop. Right. That's right. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would dodge the jumping spider because by collapsing would, to the ground. Yeah. Dead. My Stone dead. Fa- my absolutely favorite thing about arachnophobia is the, the uh, after they filmed it, uh, the producers were like, we don't want to emphasize the spiders in this movie. You know, Take the spider. <laughs> that's right. So they removed the spider from the poster. Uh, and it's okay. called arachnophobia, which means fear of spiders. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We, we want people to come to our movie, so let's downplay the spider angle, because mm-hmm. people don't like spiders. I actually saw it with a person who's a chronic arachnophobe, um, oh. who did not realize they were a chronic arachnophobe until they saw the movie. <laughs> oh, got it. Uh, and <laughs> let's just say there's a lot of screaming. Oh, uh, yeah. Nice. Wow. Nice. Yeah, for a movie called Arachnophobia, the movie poster has one tiny little spider <laughs> yeah. in moonlight. And eventually they removed that spider from the poster as well. So just had a moon? Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to talk about spiders in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> okay. The mm-hmm. great spiders, also known as the spawn of Ungoliant. Okay. Oversized and sentient arachnids that lived in Middle Earth. Mm-hmm. In the Hobbit, they lived in Mirkwood. Okay. As we recall from that second movie, they spoke. Yep. And Bilbo could only understand them when he had the ring on. Yeah, yeah I'm not watching those Hobbit movies. But there were, how many spiders were there in that scene? Probably like 10, lots, 12. Lots and lots, yeah. And they could not, they were giant spiders. They moved super fast. They yeah. were intelligent. Mm-hmm. They could not take down one single Hobbit. No dwarves died in the spider scene. Well, no, they, but they did wrap them up. They were, yeah. go, they were going to eat them. But what's the deal with that? <laughs> yeah. Disappointed. Yes, Another they, reason for me not to watch these movies. They should have at least bitten them after wrapping them, which is what they yeah. usually do. So the movie needed to have some spare dwarves that could be murdered by the spiders so yes. that you could feel that they were actually a threat. Exactly. So, okay. Uh, even uh, Brodo got stabbed by one of the things. Like, he didn't die, obviously, mm. by one of the witch kings. Oh, yeah. So, you know, he could at least got a little... A couple po- of expendable got a drawers. little poisoned. Or, or leave, yeah, leave one of the guys maimed or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah That's just a good idea. Throw a couple of expendable dwarves and red cloaks out there, and yeah. bada-bing, bada-boom. <laughs> I've been playing the uh, Shadow of Mordor video game, yep. which uh, takes place in between The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, and you're this kind of... You don't actually face Shelob or anything like that, but as you're playing around in the game, you find out uh, some backstory and stuff, and you find actually a message from Sauron to Shelob, which was basically, okay, uh, we're not uh, allied anymore. Get your people out of my land. And it explains why the spiders were in Mordor and then moved out and to be encountered later. He sent this letter to a giant spider. It, well, it was not a letter. It was a message uh, in an egg sack. Like you oh, find, okay. it's, it's, you know, you hunt things in a game and you find all the little right. clues. And one of the clues is about a communique between Sauron and Shelob. Mm. It's pretty cool. It was all stridulation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can deal with a message in an egg sack. It's not like Charlotte's Web where... Even as, a, <laughs> even as a child, I was like, bugger the pig, the spider can read and write English. How did you feel about Shelob having a stinger? I hated that part. 
they don't have stingers. No, right. they just they bite you with their I venom loved, delivering. Fangs. I loved Shelob. She was fantastic. And then they bring out the stinger, and I was like, oh, for God's sake! But um, it was a fantasy, so I yeah. I gave them that. It was a monster, monster. Yeah, right. It's Middle Earth. It's not our Earth. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. But she is actually based on a real spider. She's based on the tunnel web spider, not the funnel web, which is found in New Zealand. The big fat old spiders. Yeah, but they're not. So the they're not dangerous. Funnel web spider is Australian. The tunnel web spider is New Zealand. Yeah, and, and the munnel web spider <laughs> is Tanzania. The difference no, is not Tanzania, that Tasmania. <laughs> tunnel webs are harmless, and funnel webs are lethal. So don't get them confused. Our friends in England and Europe are going to have to worry about the channel web spiders. Soon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Doctor Who, Planet of the Spiders. Yes, the uh, eight legs of Metabilis. Three. Uh, this was John Pertwee's uh, final Last episode. episode as the Doctor. At the end of it, he which has number to regenerate. Doctor was he? He was three. the third Doctor. He was third the third. Doctor. So he regenerates into Tom Baker, the well-known fourth Doctor who has the big long scarf. Right. Uh-huh. And he shows up very very end of the episode. He regenerates, and you see Tom Baker's face, and then credits roll. So mm. these are alien spiders. Uh, the Earth spiders that went to Metabolus, aren't they? Yeah. For a, for an episode called Planet of the Spiders, the backstory is just weird and back and forth and bizarre. Mm-hmm. Uh, so imagine I mean, that from a Doctor Who plot. I can't blasphemy. imagine it. Blasphemy. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge so fan of this story, actually. Unexpected. Uh, some humans cl- crashed on Metabilis Oh, there you 3, go. They are Earth spiders. And yeah. uh, there's like these kind of magical blue gems that make uh, them big and give them mental yeah. powers, yeah. including <sighs> controlling people's minds somehow. Yeah, the Metabilis like crystal, yeah. yeah. And she's getting all of the uh, Metabilis blue crystals to make a big web that'll amplify her mind throughout the universe and presumably Ooh. turn everybody into their slave. And the final piece is with the Doctor, and he gives it to her, and it amplifies her mind so much that it burns her mind out. Yeah. Uh, But it also causes massive radiation damage to the Doctor, which is why he has to regenerate. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Interesting fact, uh, Liz Sladen, who was Sarah Jane Smith, who was his companion, uh, in that she was terrified of spiders. She had chronic arachnophobia, but she made herself do it anyway, um, because the spiders ride on your back. Uh, like a little backpack? That'd yeah, be a good that, backpack. When they're controlling design. your mind. So she she's she's she has several scenes where she has to be with a spider on her back. Even An actual spider? No, they're not real spiders, but okay. she had so much arachnophobia that even, But it looks like a giant real yeah. spider. Like it's right. you know, the, the prop guys have made a really good yeah. Right. Spider. But, so she literally, but it's not a real spider. No, but it's clo- she has enough arachnophobia that uh, some people with arachnophobia are terrified by pictures of spiders. Yeah. So she, she right. had one riding around on her back. I do have some people uh, on my Facebook feed that when I post pictures of spiders, they're like, oh, I wish you hadn't done that. Same here. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. Arachnophobia. Not the regular fear of spiders. The irrational the fear, irrational fear, of, fear spiders. of spiders. <laughs> uh, right. Richard Lewis's spiders deals with... Um, Richard Lewis, the neurotic uh, stand-up comedian? No, a different Richard Lewis. Oh. Uh, deals with a, an outbreak of lethally venomous uh, human-hungry spiders in the British countryside. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's clearly done his research because he's got actual spider names like Stegodiphus right. and Red... And he's done the, all the research about their habits and their mating and things. But neglected to realize that they're not insects so every five minutes it's like there's killer insects that are coming and it's oh, like no. so every page you're like spiders are not insects so you're like you go through the book and you cross out insects and you write down arachnids and every Pretty single much. time that he yeah. does that okay, good. whereas fun, funnel web is much more fun uh, it's got fun right in the title yeah, yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> an American uh, submarine loses some radioactive material and warps Match. warps the the funnel web spiders into giants and first off they're uh, the size of like puppies then they're the size of people uh-huh. then eventually cows and horses Ooh. and uh, so I'll you just, can start riding them yes huh? I'll just read you this wait this. wait wait don't drow elves ride giant spiders back in the D&D days mm-hmm. 
Yes, they do. All right. I'll just read you the climax of the book because it's it's the fantastic. It shows you how big they get at the end. Uh, there's a, the Australia's been overrun. There's nothing we can do. So mm-hmm. everyone's getting out on planes. Oh, so it has a happy ending then. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much. <laughs> uh, well, we've been trying to get out for a year, so we finally <laughs> do it. Um, yeah. So the, there's a, a Globemaster aircraft, which is like a Titanic 747, going over the Opera House, the Sydney Opera House. Uh, a vision of horror, preternatural in scale, erupted from the front of the opera house. Mm-hmm. A female monster funnel web standing fully 100, meter, 100 feet in height. In a reflex response, the pilot of the plane jerked on his stick, banking the massive plane like a fighter jet. Not a second too soon because the funnel web reared back and an instant later spat a terrifying stream of venom straight at the aircraft. Oh, my God. Um, in slow motion, the stream arced upwards, but the Globemaster made good height and the venom went underneath it. Uh, the funnel web watched as the Globemaster climbed high over her head. When finally it banked to the east and headed out to sea, she turned back and descended into the cavity of the opera house that housed her nest. Several thousand sheep cadavers still hanging around the walls would feed her for weeks, but the flying machine had ripped out her resting place and in so doing had torn her egg sac from their stalls and ruptured them. She would need to find a mate and start the process again. She wolfed down the tasty morsels of her wriggling aborted offspring before clambering out into what had once been the opera house forecourt. Casually in the knowledge that she had no enemies left to endanger her, she stalked across the charred dead city over which she now reigned supreme. Yeah. Ah. A hundred foot tall female funnel web. And of course, when the plane went through the webbing, it tore off some of the egg sacs. So they're going to America. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yes, Dungeons and Dragons. Loth, the demon queen of spiders. Okay. The chief goddess of the dark elves. She's also known mm-hmm. as the spider queen and the queen of the demon web pits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she makes an appearance in the D&D cartoon, huh. the Hall of Bones episode, where she's defeated by Uni. Okay. No. The baby unicorn. Oh, yeah. God. Yes, because they all fall... Avengers there pushes them all into the into the web, the web yeah. which is above a bottomless pit, mm-hmm. and then Loth comes down one of the strands, and Uni's at the edge of the net. Uni, break the strand with your horn. <laughs> so he like takes his horn and like saws off the strand, and then Loth goes into the bottomless pit. The bottomless so pit. finally, there's a more embarrassing death than by Ewoks. Uni from Dungeons Caustic Soda was recorded by Mike Leeson while he was being buried alive. To comment on episodes, make donations, and for links, images, videos, and show notes, visit causticsodapodcast.com. Rate and review us on iTunes. Visit us on Facebook, tweet us on Twitter at Caustic Podcast. Email us at info at causticsodapodcast.com. I'm Sarah. Thanks for listening. If I just stayed home, I might have gotten on the team, saved the day, won the big game, gotten a date with Susan, and been a big hero around school. Hero. It's tough being a superhero. I don't even get a chance to be selfish and think about Peter Parker once in a while. Touch just gently brush the quartz.